Well, hello there. Welcome, Thomas, Crystal. Hello there, Rebecca. How's everybody doing this evening? Let's see everybody starting to slide in on a Thursday evening. Hello there, Decker and Nada, Decker, Griff. Oh, so what we got going on tonight there? Prospecting USA. So what do you say there, Justin? Oh, not much. I try not to say a whole lot. <laughs> Welcome. Hey, guys. How you have a night? Yeah. Uh, good to be on tonight. It's been a heck of a week. Uh, trying to track down uh, between doing a guest and having my own show on tonight. Um, I'm working with a new setup. I've got my laptop set up. I've got a microphone. Uh, changing things up a little bit. So hopefully it'll all work. If it doesn't, y'all know why. Uh, but last minute, guys, I was able to uh, get us a great guest. I'm really excited. Uh, you've heard me talk about her many, many times on the show. Uh, in Black Panther sightings. If you've been a listener of the show, you know that Black Panthers is one of those subjects that I am absolutely fascinated about. Uh, it's one of my, my favorite things to look into. Our guest tonight has authored several books, uh, collections of Black Panther sightings throughout Appalachia and areas. Uh, it's Miss Judy Hensley. She comes from Kentucky. She's going to be our guest tonight, and we're going to talk all about Black Panthers. Interesting. And this episode is brought to you by uh, Appalachian Binacle Company. Yes, Rebecca, you can smell my studio from here. I guarantee if you had smell a vision, <laughs> uh, if you got a loved one that's got a beard or somebody you know it's got a beard, hook them up. Uh, you can hit me on Facebook or Messenger. Uh, also, don't forget, it's free shipping for the month of February. And if you buy anything, when the grizzly line comes out, you are my guinea pig. So let's welcome Judith <laughs> to the show. How are you doing there? Hey. Good so introduce see. yourself. Tell everybody all about you. Well, where would you like me to start? With a panther? Uh, just a quick bio. Uh, let's start with a quick bio so we know who you are. Okay. Um, I live in southeastern Kentucky in the mountains. I was born here, but grew up just outside of Chicago. So my Appalachian heritage has always been really important to me. And one of my favorite things when we would come to visit relatives was to listen to the big tales that they would tell around a fireplace or on the back porch. So my first interest in um, Black Panthers came as a child sitting on the back porch and hearing them scream from ridge to ridge, and my grandfather would say, ah, that's just that old wampus. They can't get you. As long as you're here with us, you'll be all right. They can't get you. So uh, anyhow, I taught school for 30 years in Harlan County. I've authored about um, but somewhere between 40 and 50 books. Three of those are dedicated to panther tales interviews and contact with people who are direct eyewitnesses a few who say they heard them and somebody else identified the creature as a black panther but i have personally witnessed myself on at least six different occasions so that's what that's what got me interested to start with the first one i saw in person was around 1974 in a mccurry county kentucky 
at a place called Monkey's Eyebrow. <laughs> Interesting. Monkey's Eyebrow. That's awesome. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I didn't realize you had so many books out, Miss You Daddy. Like, I know uh, when I was up with the COVID, uh, you sent several books for me to read through, and I still have those and cherish those. I didn't realize you were up to like 40 or 50 books already. I've got quite a few. That's what you do after you retire, you know? <laughs> got to do something to keep your brain from drying up. I just want to uh, say to the audience, Miss Judy is somebody I know personally. We've met, we've talked, we've had breakfast together. Uh, she's really good friends with my fiance, Jennifer. Uh, in fact, they're known to uh, hightail it out to the high country out there in Harlan and look for bears and uh, go out into the woods and look for critters. So uh, Miss Judy is definitely an Appalachia girl. And uh, I love love the, the few times we've been able to get and just talk and hang out. Um, so Black Panthers. Well, first, I want to bring this up. You mentioned wampus cats. Now, cryptozoologically speaking, a wampus cat is different than a black panther is that correct well i think um some people just use the term interchangeably with any big unidentified mountain cat could be a bobcat which i've seen plenty of could be mm -hmm. um you know some people report seeing cougar type cats and then mm -hmm. people see the black panthers and so some people just use the term interchangeably Okay, yeah. And, and that's the big difference, guys, between academically looking at something, right, whether it be Bigfoot or, or a big cat or something, right? Because if you go online and you, you do a search on Wampus Cat, which I've done, um, you get a, a Cherokee legend about a lady who was, like, spurned and, and she transforms into a cat woman. And that's a Wampus Cat. Some people say there's a specific wild cat out there. Yeah, Roger, there you go. Connected to the Cherokee. Uh, that there is a specific large cat that is currently undescribed by science. That is a wampus cat. I have heard of these descriptions. It's kind of like a uh, little bit smaller than a mountain lion, but one of the distinctive features is it has a very reddish coat and tufted ears. If you're looking at a natural animal. And then we have the black panther. And yet, colloquially, it's just like terms with Bigfoot, like wampus cat is being used as a general descriptor, you know, and then that's a big difference when, when you're talking to somebody who lives in an area and experiences things on the regular and generationally versus academically speaking. And that's an important part to understand and research is there, there is a difference between the two. There, there really is. Um, just wanted to point that out. So Wampus Cats and, and Black Panthers. So um, Black Panthers, let's kind of start with a history of Black Panthers. Like how long have these been going on? Like, like give us some historical context here when it comes to Black Panthers. Well, in the, in the oral legends, like you said, starting with the uh, Native American indigenous people to the region, there are always tales. It, it, and, my biggest argument to anybody who's just flat out denies that they could possibly exist and that cougars have no melanistic phase and all of the scientific jargon is that the Native Americans, indigenous people who recorded 
their stories orally or um, artwork and included these creatures. They weren't doing it to entertain people in 2024. They were recording what they saw, what they believed. They weren't making up tales and, you know, trying to scare people in 2024 or argue with scientists or biology teachers. They were recording what they saw. And also the explorers that were uh, the European explorers that were in the region at that time also recorded sightings of these cats. So that's about as far back as I, I know the origins. Sure. And, you know, it's funny because I never did not think there were black Panthers. Uh, I grew up in the Amazon. We had Jaguars, we had black Jaguars. That was a thing. Uh, and so coming to the States, it was never a question for me that there was such a thing as black Panther. Um, but let's get to the scientific side of this. Okay. Of the 40 uh, known uh, cat species out there, 14 of them are known to have the melanistic uh, mutation in the gene. Um, I can't remember the name of the gene off the top of my head, CR14 or 146, something like that. There's a very specific gene, but it's not in every cat species. Okay. And, and what we commonly refer to as a black panther is generally either a melanistic leopard in Asia or a melanistic jaguar in South America. And even then, the two genes don't present themselves the same way. I was doing a little bit of, of research here before the show, and in jaguars, the, the melanistic gene mutation is a dominant trait, where in leopards, it's a recessive trait. And then so it presents itself differently. Uh, so historically speaking, in North America, we don't have leopards. We have jaguars. And jaguars are a southern critter. We had them in South America. They're known to travel up as far as Mexico. And we are starting to get reports in Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, that quadrant of the states, right? So if somebody is reporting a Black Panther, which we're going to just use the idea of a large black cat as the black panther um in those regions then we could you know say well that, that's probably going to be a jaguar but when we're talking appalachia we're talking kentucky we're talking tennessee we're talking pennsylvania uh jaguars don't don't go that far north that's not part of their territory that's not part of their range and so we can either the Black Panthers are jaguars that are extremely out of their known biological range into territory and climates that they're not adapted to, or there is something else going on. Those are really basically the only two explanations. Now, when it comes to mountain lions or cougars or pumas or whatever you want to call them, depending on what region you're from, scientifically speaking, and Miss Judy touched on this, there has never, ever, ever been a confirmed case of a mountain lion having the melanistic gene. There has never been one in a zoo. There's never been one captured scientifically. There's never been a taxidermy one. There has never been a confirmed mountain lion having the genetic disposition to be black. It's called melanism. It's never happened. Genetically speaking, they don't have the trait. So... 
what that tells me that for black cats, a mountain lion is, is kind of out of the picture. Now that's not saying that I don't believe in black Panthers because I firmly do. I believe there's something else going on to the phenomenon. I don't believe they're, they're black mountain lions. Could they be? Sure. It is possible. But as of right now, according to our scientific knowledge, it, it doesn't happen. But I believe the hundreds of reports, thousands of reports going back hundreds of years saying that these animals exist. And the first time I ever heard of one in the United States, and people laugh at me when I tell them this, was in the book, Little, The Little House on the Prairie Books. There's a reference in there of a black panther. They could hear it screaming at night. And she referenced that it traveled through the trees. That it traveled through the trees. And, and that's, for me, that's one of the, the earliest ones that we're talking about. Do you know that reference, Miss Judy, from, from Little House on the Prairie? Um, well, of course, as a teacher, I've, you know, read all of them. I ha hadn't really... Um recalled the significance of that until you said it but i've also heard people in this region tell stories of black panthers who stalked them on the trail but not on the mm -hmm. ground they went from treetop to treetop there you go which again is not a known mountain lion behavior they're they're not considered to be arboreal they can climb trees but from going from tree to tree to tree to tree, that, that's not typical behavior. Which, well, we which need... to me is just a, you know, another caveat that this isn't specifically a mountain lion. Need to take into consideration that in the uh, pioneer days, in the late 1800s or early 1900s, the size of trees, virgin timber in this region of Appalachia was just mm -hmm. everywhere before the timber companies came in and extracted these trees were massive and so the the my dad used to describe it like walking under an umbrella that the uh, forest floor would be maybe have pine needles and leaves but the canopy was so thick overhead that it was actually um, more like a carpeted mossy area it wasn't mm -hmm. full of scrub scrub and briars um and so the tree branches just, you know, intertwined, interlocked in the canopy would have been an easy, an easy thing for a big cat sure. to travel that way. Absolutely. If you've ever been out hiking and stumbled uh, across a forest gr old growth area, you know exactly what she's talking about, where the, the canopy is so thick that you're not having all the excess sunshine coming down, allowing the forest uh, you know, to grow that undergrowth. And it, I, I think those places are are almost magical. You know what I mean? They're, they're absolutely gorgeous and beautiful and calm and serene. But you're right. There definitely could be a pathway. And, and historically, I mean, mountain lions could have traveled that way. They're known for traveling through, you know, mountains and stuff like that. Um, but again, when it comes to mountain lions, that it's currently not something they, they exhibit. What are some of the... the oldest stories that you can clearly recall from black panthers like let's let's start talking how far back are we really talking here for for american settlers like from the beginning uh do we have recorded accounts of black panthers yes yes 
in the travel logs of different explorers, um, there was mention made. I'm afraid to be um, really, really specific, but like uh, Thomas Walker, Lewis and Clark, you know, and they, they had um, Indian guides. They had, you know, who was the artist that went west and captured a lot of those things. Was it? Mm -hmm. I can't remember who the artist was. But anyhow, um, personal stories. My grandfather was born in the 1890s. And so he okay. had personal accounts, plus accounts of his father and grandfather, which would have put it back, you know, like pre-Civil War. And so it wasn't okay. it wasn't like a big deal. It was a commonality that they all just accepted as a part of life in the mountains, the same as bears mm -hmm. or deer or um rabbits or fox or raccoons or anything else that was roaming in the wilderness black panthers were just on that list they they did just not acknowledge it. it as anything unusual or different i can tell you a great story um i just recalled of a lady back in the 1800s who was crossing the mountain from kentucky into virginia um from harlan county area into rose hill ewing area in Virginia across the White Rocks mm -hmm. and she told her husband you know that that she had had a panther stalking her and her children as they were coming across that way well he had to be gone he had he took the gun and the ammunition he had to be gone and for some reason she had to cross the mountain all she had was a butcher knife all she had with her was a butcher knife but she knew that cat was in the area that they had to pass through. So when it came, when it came out, made its presence known, she was ready for the cat and she, you know, shooed the children away and stabbed it with a butcher knife. That's all that she had to do, stabbed it with a butcher knife. Another tale was about somebody on horseback that had children that had family following. And when the panther came out, they threw the baby, they threw a baby to the panther in order to rescue the rest of the family. Tails, oh, wow. I wasn't there. I can't verify that. That one's pretty harsh, but I've heard a lot of interesting, a lot of interesting stories over the years. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, back then life was totally different. And if you had an infant that survived past two years, that was kind of a big thing anyway. You know what I mean? So, I mean, we, we can't understand that mindset of throwing the baby to distract the distract the cat so the rest of the people can get away. But I can understand the times back then where that could be a little more uh, ready in your mind kind of a thing. I mean, either way, it's a horrible thing. And I'm sure it wasn't something they enjoyed doing. But, you know it was a different time and different culture. We can't really judge that because we've never experienced that. Uh, it, it's interesting. You mentioned uh, crossing the mountains over to Virginia. Um, I know a tale uh, that's told to me from a, a guy who has family in that area for generations about encountering large cats in the mountains, uh, probably maybe not the same mountains, but between Kentucky and Virginia. And it's an interesting tie in because what he experienced was described as African lions. 
like big male African lions with manes. And the reason it's interesting is because, for one, it's in the same basic Kentucky to Virginia border. Um, and if it's from the Harlan side, they're, they're fairly close to each other with, within a range or two. Um, but what's interesting is Lauren Coleman, the cryptozoologist, author, you know, he, he's a college professor. Uh, he puts forth a theory that what the black cats actually are are part of a remnant population of the American lion. Okay, so what he postulates is that the black cats are female, melanistic American lions. And he puts this because, again, we, we know, as of we know right now, scientifically speaking, genetically speaking, the mountain lions can't be black. Um, and so he says people are seeing African lions. There's lots of reports. We haven't really talked about that, but that this is a remnant population of American cave lions. And that's the only real theory that I've ever heard put forth that would explain what we see. Because really, there are no good theories at this point. Nobody can say, hey, I think this is what's happening other than, you know, escape circus animals or stuff like that, right? Because that's what people like to say for everything. It's an escape circus animal. Um, but I think it's it's an interesting theory. It's an interesting idea that I think deserves at least looking into a little more. Um, I had told you backstage that I had personally gotten two different Black Panther reports out of where I was at in, in the Gatlinburg Sevierville area in Tennessee. And these sightings, I mean, it's kind of like having a Bigfoot sighting. Right? I know you, you've authored some books on Bigfoot as well. Um, and a lot of them are just either they don't know that they're not supposed to be seeing what they're seeing, that it doesn't exist, or it happens so fast, right? So the one I got from Cosby, Tennessee, and it was interesting because I was just part of a hiking group, a Tennessee uh, Smoky Mountain National Park hiking group. And somebody had posted on there and said, hey, guys, like anybody know about, you know, Black Panthers in the area kind of a thing. And so I immediately latched onto it and started questioning him. And this guy was like, yeah, I just come off a trailhead out in Cosby. I got into my car and I was just leaving the area when this this big black cat ran out in front of me. And then turned around and ran back into the into the forest on the side of the road. And he was like, I was just wondering if anybody else had seen that up there. I think people need to be careful. And and I started asking him the questions. And then he said this thing was larger than like a lab dog. It was jet black. It had a long tail. He was no mistaking it for what it was. And he, he didn't even have any understanding of like how special what he saw was. He was just like, what are you talking about? It's a Black Panther. I hear people see these things from time to time. What's the big deal? You know, and it's like, wow. And then uh, talking to another lady researching a different case on something altogether. Uh, she was talking about how she was a younger child living with her grandma on the Little Pigeon River down there in Sevierville. That they had a family of Black Panthers. She saw a mom and cubs on the regular outside of her grandma's house walking along the riverbanks. 
and end of the low bottom area there. Like you could, she said, you could see their tail sometimes flapping in the grass and stuff. Like they were there, and it was just a common thing to see them. I, but she reports, and this is interesting, that the, the local wildlife officers knew about it. And in fact, they had tagged the mother and was, was doing research on the mother. And she said she even talked to the, the officer one time about them tracking them and, and all this kind of stuff, which I found fascinating because I have never heard any reports of the wildlife officers being involved in, oh my in tracking goodness. these or even admitting. Oh, my Go goodness. We've we've had so many uh, stories in Harlan County where people tried to report it, where they mm -hmm. you know saw one, they tried to report it, tried to get it documented, tried to get help, were scared because they saw one one family, it came into the yard and carried off a dog, so of course they reported it, and when the uh, wildlife people got there, they told them the whole thing. They had they actually had a, a video. And so they came back later with other officials from somewhere else unknown. They asked if they could borrow the video, borrow the pictures, borrow the video. Wow. That was the last they ever heard of anything about it. They never, never came back, never got their material back. Um, but the thing I've been laughed at, scoffed by state biologists and, and wildlife officials and there's a huge conspiracy theory that the reason these people will not admit, will not acknowledge, will not document is because if they did in the coal fields or in the timber woods reported this incredible endangered species and they documented it, then what would happen? Just like in California with the speckled owl or Black Mountain with a dusky mm -hmm. mountain salamander then all of that territory, all that range where these things have been reported and footprints and hair samples would come under the Endangered Lands Act and there could be no more extraction industry. So I don't know, but that's a theory that I've heard. So actually, when I was on the police department, we had people that would come into my gun store and they knew who I was and they had tracks of a mountain lion and they had still pictures and when they called the uh, dnr that's what it was called in indiana department mm -hmm. of natural resources right uh they would not facilitate doing any investigations and they would debunk everything as a hoax now these people had property these people were honest people Regular civilians had nothing to gain from it, but they were scared like you're talking about. However, further I looked into it, I was told to keep my nose out of it. And there were new developments going in up on the hill. I'm not going to say where, but up on the hill where these <laughs> sightings were. And that told me right then and there, I think you're about uh, probably on the same lines as what I was thinking when all this was going down. I ain't going to say what year this was. But uh, it's very interesting to hear this topic. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I yeah, talked to um, Cliff Barackman yes. from Finding Bigfoot when I was working on a, a Bigfoot project. 
he is really great, great guy and great to talk to, but he was interested in the Panther thing because he said that when they were filming in Indiana, and this is one of the stories I documented, that the I um, know what you're crew, talking about too. The crew actually saw one. And he said that in the town hall meetings, of course they were there for Bigfoot stories, but he said almost every town hall meeting somebody would come up with a and have you seen the Black Panthers? We've seen Black Panthers. But he said they didn't deal with that because that wasn't the focus of their show. That's a whole nother ball game. But anyhow, as they've gone across the country, they heard, they actually heard stories. Didn't document, didn't record, but were told um, on many occasions about people seeing Black Panther. Yes, it's very fascinating. I figured that would ring a bell with you. Yeah, and it makes sense because if you think about it, I mean, Miss Judy knows the, the the Harlan area and all through the mountain ranges through there. Those are major coal producing areas all through those mountains. And if there was a, an endangered species or an unknown species or something that needed to be studied, absolutely, they would have to shut them down. And that's just not going to happen. You, you know what I mean? They, they will not allow that to happen. And I know from personal experience, I've never seen a black panther, but on two occasions, I've seen a wild mountain lions or panthers. One was in upper Michigan, and it was the same scenario. Like, we owned 80 acres up there. Um, it was our Bible camp and our summer camp and where we would hunt and, and all this kind of stuff. And twice in that area, my family had seen mountain lions, and we had friends that were DNR people, and we'd tell them. And... The response was just kind of like, yeah, we don't talk about that <laughs> kind of a thing. You know, uh, there, there was one time my dad and I were up there and we were trying, uh, we were finding new uh, trout streams. Right. And so we had, and I was early teens, like maybe 15. Uh, we had just come back and sat in the car from, from checking out this trout stream. And uh, we were sharing a cold soda and right along my window, maybe five yards away comes walking this mountain lion and it got to about maybe 10, 15 yards in front of us. And it cut across the road in front of us and then went off into the woods. And we just kind of sat there kind of dumbfounded. And my dad was like, did you see that? And I'm like, yeah, I saw that. It was an absolutely beautiful animal, but of course they don't exist in upper Michigan. So we didn't see anything. You know, and then a few years later, my mother was traveling down a road and she's in the audience tonight, so she can verify this, uh, traveling on the road towards the camp and had one cross the road in front of her. And and, and she said there, there's no mistaking the shape of the animal, the, the tail at the end, the way they move. There's just no mistaking what these animals are. Um, but again, the DNR wouldn't acknowledge that these things exist up there. And then down here in Florida, where I'm at right now, um, I've seen them and they've been seen around my house. And that's not unusual because, yes, they're known to be in Florida. You know, what I mean, the Florida Panther. Um, but Which I think one thing is that hilarious gets me. Because why can, why can a panther in Florida go for a stroll and wind up in Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia? I'm, I've got yeah. a funny story to tell you when you're ready for something funny. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Bring it on. 
Okay, you know, people say, well, if they're real, then why don't you have a picture? I haven't seen any pictures. Why don't you have a picture? Because I've seen them like on six different occasions. Well, one of my mm-hmm. one of my friends and I were up on a um, Bagley Wildlife Management Area looking for elk. We were up there to, to locate and take pictures of elk and wild horses. We did not have Black Panther on your mind. Nobody goes mm-hmm. into the woods thinking, oh, I'm going to go see a Black Panther today. That's just not how it works. So anyhow, she and I had driven around, um, you know, on the company road and we mm-hmm. hadn't seen elk. We hadn't seen horses. And we were starting to go back down off the mountain, still daylight. And I saw a big black shape under a bush. And I said, Trish, look, there's a bear. And about that time, it stood up, came out from under the bush, stretched like a house cat. I mean, this thing is huge, like you said about the size of a German shepherd with a long black cylindrical tail, big Mm -hmm. head, big, sleek, shiny body. You know, their fur is shiny like glass in the sunlight. And it just stretched like a, you know, like a normal cat would stretch. Walked right in front of us. I had a camera in my hands. She had a camera in her hands. We were so flabbergasted. I mean, absolutely stunned. It looked at the car, looked at us, and took about two leaps, was totally across the road, over the embankment, down the other side. There we both sat with our mouths hanging open, (laughs) camera in my hand, camera in her hand. Neither one of Mm -hmm. us had enough sense to even click a picture because, it. I mean, it's like, it's so unreal that your brain can't even process in that moment. You cannot process what you're looking at because it's not supposed to be there. It would be like a dinosaur walking mm-hmm. out of the woods, you know? Would you say, oh, be still, let me take 10 pictures? No, you'd be so astounded. And that's what that's what that Black Panther did to us. That was probably about six years ago. The last one I saw uh, was two summers ago. I saw it cross by the lake. It ran across um, the bridge up one side from the lake, across a bridge and down the other side. But anyhow but okay, why well, don't you get a but, picture but, that's why you don't get well, a picture yeah. i i when people say that i just kind of look at them like really did like think about what you just asked for a moment i said let me ask you this if you're driving down the road and that 20 point buck runs across the road in front of you how come you didn't get a picture of it right because you can't <laughs> same exactly. thing it's like you don't even think of it it's not going to happen um, so you've seen these things personally up front, close, you, you know what they look like. So let me ask you this. What about the people that say, oh, what you're really looking at is a black bobcat because bobcats do have a melanistic face. They can be black. Um, what, what do you say to those people about what you saw? Could it possibly have been a bobcat and, and why or why not? Listen, I've I've seen plenty of bobcat, uh, mm-hmm. fox. I, I've pretty much seen a good sampling of everything in these mountains. I'm 72 years old, and I've been out in the woods with a camera for at least the last 40 something years. Um, well, and even started back in 1970s when I was in college. But if you ever see one, it's like saying if you saw a mouse 
and you saw a kangaroo, would you confuse those two? Would you possibly think that your mouse was a kangaroo? I had one lady tell me that she was so upset. They tried to tell a forest ranger and he told her, oh, you didn't see a black panther. You either you saw a baby bear or you saw a raccoon. And she said, you know, I was so mad. I just wanted to smack him because I know the difference between a raccoon and a black panther. Yeah, and I there, think most people mm -hmm. know the difference between a raccoon and a, and a black cat. <laughs> right? They're, they're so gorgeous and so unique. I mean, it, it's like the reason that I know a lot of times when people are telling me the truth and when they're just, you know, BSing their way through is you if you're with the person and you see the look in their face, you see the look in their eyes, and they will instantly mm -hmm. in their brain will go back to that point of uh, contact where it took place and there is no way a person can fake that it's just not i've heard i've seen that with people who've told me bigfoot tales and i've seen it in the people who mm -hmm. tell me panther tales now i have heard of um some people say that they've seen black panther with rosettes under the fur which would support mm -hmm. the jaguar theory but i've also right, seen yep. people and talked to people that have seen the pelts that are solid black. When I was a little girl, there was a solid black panther pelt on the side of the barn, and I won't say where, but, you know, that's just what people did. They If they killed mm -hmm. a, a few raccoons, they tack their hide up on the side of the barn, help cure it out. Well, I remember seeing one that was a, a black panther, and it was there were no rosettes. It was just black. Of course, that's been you know, 60 years, 60, 60, 65 years ago, but I still remember it. And I could take you to every place that I have seen a panther myself. I could take you right back to that point and say right there, right there's where he came out. There's where he crossed. Here's where I was. And you bring up a very, very good point uh, that I knew would come up in the conversation because it's very important is the fact that when you're looking at a melanistic leopard or a melanistic jaguar, the patterns are still there. And in the sunlight, you can see them. If you're up close, you can see them. I have seen black jaguars in the zoo. And when you're looking at them, you see the, the spotted rosettes. They're there. And yet, if you guys remember um, our guest a while back, my buddy Jaron Kaiser from, from Oklahoma, when he had his sighting, of something big and black in the woods. And he said the same thing. There was no other pattern on it. It was shiny, glossy black. There, there wasn't anything else on it. Now, he didn't see it well enough to identify it as a black panther. But as we all know, that's what we were leaning to and having that discussion. And that is a very important uh, aspect to remember in these black panther sightings is when people see them, they're they're not saying I saw spots on it. They're saying it was it was jet black, pure black, shiny black, like you said earlier, glossy like glass. And these are if we look at all these reports, we can start seeing there is a distinct description to what these animals are. And and even with bobcats, bobcats are marked. They have different types of stripes and patterns. And, and no you tail. Would see that. No tail. If right. you see something with a four foot long cylindrical tail, it is not a bobcat. 
<laughs> I don't care what color it is. It's not a bobcat. <laughs> right. I, I think I read that the bobcat tails can get up. I, I want to say eight inches. It may have said 18, but I'm pretty sure it's eight inches long. Uh, and if you've seen a bobcat in the wild, I mean, they're kind of fluffy. They've, they've got tufts of hair. They're, they're hairy. They're not sleek and glossy. There's a difference, and, and obviously the, the structure is different. Their their heads are different. Their their entire body structure is different. Just because it's a cat doesn't mean it's a viable option. Bobcats have more of the ones that I've seen are more um, grayish, and they almost look like a gray rabbit fur on a mm -hmm. you know on the bobcat, and then a little you know a little white. On their ears and on their tail, maybe um, on their underbelly, but gray, not black. Now I've done. There you right. go. Thank you. I've done research about melanistic creatures, and there are melanistic deer, melanistic alligators, melanistic mm -hmm. fox, rabbits, squirrels. You know, but nowhere in the research does it admit that there is a, you know, any solid black cat of any size, shape, or except the bobcat, they will say that, yes, there's a melanistic bobcat, but there you go. That's right, but I mean, look at pictures, looking at these pictures that Grizz comes up. I mean, you can see they're structurally different. Uh, and, and how many times have you guys heard me say this? You know, people want to say mistaken identity, but the people that are seeing these things know the animals around them. Right. If you live where you live in, in Harlan County and in the Appalachian Mountains, you know what bears look like. You know what bobcats look like because they're they're part of your I won't say every day, but they're part of your regular life and experiencing these things. You know, it's it's like somebody claiming they saw a moose in in, in the area in Kentucky and people going, ah, oh, no, nah, you just saw a white tailed deer. Like there is distinct differences between a white-tailed deer and a moose. You, you know what I mean? And to me, it's the same thing. It's the same lazy argument for people trying to debunk something that they don't want to actually accept might really be there. What, well, what one, is, okay. Oh, go ahead. One thing about talking to people who have seen them, um, mm-hmm. They're afraid to come forward depending on who they're talking to. Now, people are pretty mm -hmm. good about talking to me because, because I'm just an ordinary person that, you know, not very intimidating. And I think they probably can sense <laughs> that I'm asking because I believe it, not because I want to make fun. And uh -huh. so I have, I have interviewed people at events where the crowd was flowing in and out. And I've asked people as they came through, have you ever seen a black panther? And you would be shocked at probably anywhere from 25 to 50%, if not higher, in some events, depends on you know what the event is and where it's located, will say, Yes, yes, I have. And they, you know, they may stand there and tell you and say, sure, you can put it in a book, or they may say, I'll tell you, but I don't want my name on it. I don't want to be made mm -hmm. fun of, you know, just I'll tell you the story, but, and that's a shame. That's it. And that's the reason yeah. that I, that I began collecting stories 
because I got tired of hearing people tell me that they'd been made fun of for telling the truth about what they'd seen. And I decided, you know what, I've been through that. I don't want anybody else to feel like a fool for trying to um, convey what they've seen in nature. I just don't. So, And what, what's wild it. is that we're not even talking about like Bigfoot. We're not even talking about monsters or anything weird. We're just talking about a Black Panther. And yet there's still a stigma where these people, like you said, they don't want to be ridiculed for what they experienced. And I think that kind of blows my mind because it's like, really? Like you're, people are going to make fun of people because they saw a black cat. And that just blows my mind that, that that's how it is nowadays. And I think it's ridiculous. Uh, back to another point that you made about the Appalachian lion and the circus, you know, that they escaped from the circus. Yeah. I had a, a story from a lady in, I believe it was Georgia, and there had been in their region, they had seen those kind of animals. And, and so I started doing the research on circus trains and circus train wrecks. Well, you'd be surprised how many circus train wrecks there were back in the day when circuses were, mm -hmm. you know, riding the rails. Um, and so there's some speculation that Black Panthers from the circus or lions from the circus got out and interbred with the local cat population. Um, but even so, the African lions or whatever, circuses weren't hauling around Black Panthers. Nope. You know, think about it. Were they, they had African lions, they had leopards, but I haven't found any, um, reliable source that says there were black panthers on a train that wrecked and got loose and it's something to to look into genetically just because they're all in the cat family does not mean they are able to interbreed and produce viable offspring right so even if a lion escaped or, or a, a, let's say a leopard let's say a leopard escaped and they were somehow able to to mate with a mountain lion like i'd have to look up if that's even genetically viable you, you know what i'm saying like i don't even know if that could happen let, let alone interspecies in the wild mating is, is very rare events not impossible uh but very rare you know what i mean and, and, and so that'd be an interesting thing to consider is would any offspring even would there be offspring and if they were, would they be genetically viable? Because if we look into, you know, crossbreeding of lions and tigers, you know, you have uh, tigons and ligers and stuff like that, depending on which is the male, which is the female, they don't produce a second generation. Like they get, right. they produce a cub, but that cub is sterile. It cannot produce anything beyond that. And there's right. so many health options that they could not survive without the care of humans intervening with them uh you know and so there's definitely some interesting variables there so that'd be something definitely to look at uh one of the the things that we hear as far as disputing this is oh well you know it's always somebody's uncle's cousin's sister that experienced that right like we've heard that oh man you know my buddy's mom's uncle one time saw this and blah 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 but that's not what you're finding. You're getting firsthand. I mean, plus your own accounts, your own personal experiences. 
but you're getting a lot of tales from people saying, I saw this, I saw this. So that right there kind of throws out the whole idea of it being an urban legend scenario, right? I mean, this is definitely right. not one of those, you know, my grandpa's uncles happened to run across this critter in the woods. I have a question for Grizzly. Yes. Grizzly, could uh -oh. you pull, could you look and see if you can pull up um, Black Panther from India? And I, I want to be clear, from India, but they still look identical to the, the creatures that I've seen. If you can, maybe you can pull up a picture, Black Panther from India. Yeah, not a problem. Okay, and so that would be a, a melanistic leopard, yep. And here we go, action. That that's the one we're familiar with, right, guys? A uh, Jungle Book, uh, back in the day, Bogley the Black Panther. Uh, that would be what this is there right here. Now, does that look like a raccoon? Does that look like a, a fox? <laughs> well, you know, I I would debate you on that. Now, if we're sitting around a campfire drinking some moonshine, maybe. <laughs> but other than that, no. I, there's no distinct. Mm -hmm. When you first said a raccoon. And you told me how you had to restrain yourself. Come on. This is common sense, people. Now, look at that tail. There is no denying that tail. My mom and I, one year in December, were driving out to town. And um, on the right side of the road, before you got to the dam, there was like a rock face where it had been, you know, cleared away in a ledge. And one of those things was sitting right on the ledge with that big tail hanging down the rock like a J. Just, you know, posing for us as we drove past, my lights hit it and I was, again, you know, not not time to react because I was driving 40 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. But there it was, plain as day, beautiful, beautiful when the headlights hit on it. But the tail is what I remember because it hung down in that J shape. And that that's classic, you know, large cat, uh, jaguars, leopards, they, they do that. Now, if you look at this picture... And if you can look close on it, if you can see it on a big enough screen, you can still see some of the markings, right? The little rosette. So, so you, can, you can see them in that yeah. picture. And, and that's the difference, guys. Even if it's a melanistic leopard or a melanistic jaguar, you're still going to be able to see patterning. And yet what's being cited is they're distinctly saying, it's pure black. It's jet black. There's no patterning on it at all. Now, I wouldn't expect that comment from somebody that was just a lay person. You know what I mean? That would just happen to experience a black cat. I don't expect anybody to tell me what they didn't see in a report, right? I expect most people to say, this is what I did see. And only somebody who's actually kind of familiar with the topic would point out the fact that you know i didn't see any rosettes it was it was very specifically jet black and i i think this is a mystery um that is going to be solved at, at some point i think it is going to happen um it's what, gonna someone, happen enough drops times one, one is woods. gonna be caught when they drop one that's when they're gonna get charged mark my words probably yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure of it, right? Um, well, and, and it's funny because that's kind of a gray area, right? Because some people say, well, there is no law against hunting this creature because it's not even allowed to exist. 
But what they don't realize is that the laws don't tell you what you you can't hunt. The laws tell you what you're allowed to hunt. Right. And and so if there's no rule on the books against hunting it, that means there's no rule on the books allowing you to hunt it. So you can still get charged with, with something. Right, Grizz? Is that basically how that works? Yeah, I bet you there's a federal law somewhere it states that. I guarantee you. It's got to be. Yeah. Well, just 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 like if you were out uh, hunting for a Bigfoot and you shot a Bigfoot, they would say, you know, you didn't have the legal right to shoot this. There's no Bigfoot season. Therefore, well, you shot it illegally. Look at Florida. Same thing with a black when panther. I called the FWC or whatever they're called down there in Florida. You all have. Yep. I called them live yep. on the show. And I'm like, I want to know what a skunk <laughs> ape is because I'm going hunting. And they would not yep. tell me what a definition is. Uh-huh. So. Because, I mean, that's how laws are worded with loopholes and everything. And it's unfortunate. You know, Crystal, you are absolutely right. Um, I mean, I, I'm not against hunting. I'm, I'm not a hunter now, but used to be a hunter. I'm not against hunting in any way, shape, or form. But at the same time, hunting needs to be a functional thing. And hunting one of these creatures uh, is, is not, in my opinion, uh, acceptable. With the caveat of any mountain lion type creature, if it's causing death and destruction and poses a danger to humans, then I think that would be allowable. But just to be hunting something is, is not not cool in my book that way at all. Um are, are you still getting, I, I know you're on different book projects now, Miss Judy, and I've been following you on Facebook and I love what you're doing. We can, you know, give you some promos there here at the end without a problem. Uh, are you still out collecting and receiving new reports to this day? Like, is this I, still happening? I have heard many reports since I did the last book. I've done three separate Panther Tales and Panther Tales 2 and Panther Tales three and i had so many i felt like i had proven the point to anybody that had seen one and just needed some support i've probably heard enough stories to have halfway filled another book but i am not actively working on one right now but i've seen the comments coming across i've been reading those as they went across the screen mm -hmm. you got a lot of viewers that have stories that need to be told Mm -hmm. So I'm not I'm not opposed if I got enough stories I'm not opposed to doing volume number four. See, and I thought you had already had like four or five. Honestly, for some reason, have three and um, two Bigfoot documents. The same thing, stories gathered. Okay, but I've also considered doing a, a book of a combination of any unusual creature or event that people have seen in the woods now i'm a hunter sure. with my camera i hunt with my camera <laughs> i have a I, I have a license to carry a concealed weapon so i may have a pistol with me or on me for protection you know just in yeah. case of the most unexpected thing but my hunting is always with a camera you know when they say you don't mess with a girl from appalachia that's exactly what they're talking about guys uh you know, she's packing. <laughs> well, um, some places, so your, some places, your books, let go ahead. Some places that I go in the backwoods, you'd be crazy not to. It's true. Oh, I know. I know. I'll get messages from Jen sometimes and go, you never guess where me and this Judy went. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Probably not. 
<laughs> Probably not. Now, your books aren't research books, right? You're you're basically just relaying the stories. Uh, like, like you said, basically recording them, right? You're you're not putting in uh, scientific research, and you're not doing this stuff into your books as much as you are recording people's stories. Is, is that an accurate description? That's well, I I've written all different kinds of books, but on this particular venue, well, just um, just yeah, just on black right, I'm a story gatherer. I'm a story gatherer. It's mm -hmm. important to me for people's voices that would otherwise their stories that would otherwise be lost forever it's important to me to get those in print for the person's sake for our culture's sake for the future's sake and i think that is commendable and i think we need more more authors like that 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 preserve the the cultural heritage of our country where can our audience find you to report their own stuff or where can they get your books if they're interested? Uh, how can we get a hold of you? Amazon, Amazon.com has um, my books that are currently in print and then my name's up there. I'm on Facebook. That would be the, that would be the fastest way to catch me on Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, but anybody interested in the Panther books or the Bigfoot books, they're available on Amazon. Awesome. Yep. And if you guys check out my friends list, you can find Miss Judy on there. Uh, she's on there as well. Like I said, we've been friends for several years now. I always enjoy talking with you guys. Check out her books. They're awesome. Uh, she gifted me several of them when I was down for the count with COVID. Uh, and I really appreciate them. Those were definitely in my library. I've got all my books stored now, uh, but I don't remember how many you gave me. I know you gave me the Bigfoot books. I got the Panther books, and I think there was a couple more in there. Uh, and they were. This was several years ago, so I'm kind of drawing a blank as, as. But I remember thoroughly enjoying the stories and just the idea of Black Panthers being real. People are seeing them, guys. Um, this is a cryptid by very definition of what a cryptid is, an unknown animal that's known by locals but unproven by science. This is the very definition of what a cryptid is in our country. And I am confident that someday, hopefully soon, that they will be uh, officially recognized as a species in our country. Miss Judy, thank you so much for coming on. Yes, uh, thank we you. greatly appreciate it. Uh, I know it was last minute, uh, very last minute, literally um, a few hours before the show, we were able to confirm everything. Uh, I have another great guest that I'm working on getting in. He's been very busy, so it's been hard to to schedule. We were going to try and get him on tonight, and he's like, oh, well, you know, I got I got this going on. I got this going on. I might be able to drive out, and I'm like, you know what, dude? Just we'll grab another week. It's okay. I know you're super busy, but he wants to come on, so that's going to be a great show. Not going to tell you who he is, but it will be Bigfoot related, uh, Skunk Ape related down here in Florida. Um, I do have some other projects coming on, guys. Grizz, I want to talk about real quick. I'm thinking about following the footsteps of a lot of my other co-hosts and putting together a Facebook page specifically for rabbit holes. Uh, and so we can put stuff on there. You guys can comment. You can ask questions through there. Uh, I know it's just another Facebook page and, and every one of us have one, but that's okay. I think it'll be a good idea. Got some other projects in the works, guys, that we'll announce as we're doing. 
trying to keep busy down here in Florida while I'm waiting on my disability and trying to keep something happening. Uh, so look forward to the future, guys. We're going to have some great shows coming up. I'm putting together some stuff. we got great guests coming up. So keep watching, keep in tune, and we'll see what's coming up in the future. And from coast to coast, around the world, ladies and gentlemen, it's a wrap. We'll catch you tomorrow. Take care and bye-bye. Thanks, guys.